Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Kingscast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a super fun episode this past weekend. Well, Ryan and I got a little loose. It was uh, our first episode after a one week break off, and we came out. Um, and had a good time uh, where we just really talked about everything that was going on in the forums, on the social media chats, and everything like that. Talked a little bit about those soft takes out there. Talked about some good takes and talked about everything as we're coming into an exciting part of the off season. Um, if you are curious about anything Kang's cast, you can find our entire show catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, Bringing in my co-host today, Ryan. What's good, bro? What's going on? Busy week, dude. Some crazy shit's been happening for Sacramento in the last, like, 72 hours. Uh, the draft is currently happening right now. Um, it's in the later part of the first round, so we're following that. But uh, it, it's going to be a good pod today, man. And I believe we're recording this weekend, um, so we're getting that little two-for-one week, man. So everybody stay tuned. It's going to be fun. We won't release the details for this weekend, but we're, we're going to tease something for, for you all out there. So if you're oh, on the bench mob, you know, you know, check it out because you guys will, will like that one for sure. But, um, yeah, this coming up this weekend. Um, yeah, as Ryan said, we're recording right now. We are recording the night of Wednesday the 18th. So we're right in the middle of the draft right now. Um, you know, as we're recording, we're in the late 20s. Kings have already picked a lot of sh- – like Ryan said, a lot of crazy shit's been going on in Kingsland since our, our podcast released this past Sunday. Uh, we'll kind of talk a little bit about that. But, uh, you know, bringing in a guest today, Ryan, I'm, I'm glad to have our boy Chris B on back, friend of the show, Chris B. Chris, third, third appearance on King's Guest or second? Third, I believe. Third. Like, hey, man, we're going to start keeping tallies because we've been bringing people on. And you got a mic, so the audio quality is solid. You were watching the draft. We're happy to have you on, dude. Yeah, thanks. I'm uh, happy to be on. Um, yeah, uh, to say to second what Ryan said, it's it's been a crazy 72 hours in in Kingsland for sure. And today got a little crazier with some of the news that broke earlier, and then we got the draft going on right now. So I'm ready to kind of get into it. 
Yeah, and it's fun. So, like, Ryan and I, as, as we've been doing the show, uh, one of the things we've been talking about is, is it's cool to bring on different people and just have different conversations because Ryan and I really talk to each other heavy, and then the only interactions we get is out there in social media in Kingsland. So, you know, bringing our boy Chris beyond, be, you know, get a little different take, you know, see, see where he falls in line. I'm not really sure how he feels on really everything, but it'll be cool to have him on. Guys, let's jump right into it. Uh, so the draft. The draft is everything we've been waiting for. Uh, Ryan, I know that you and I are disappointed. We were hashtag trade the pick. We were leading the charge for, for the longest time. It didn't happen. Um, the king, but you know what? We said that the other day. Like, I'm not surprised it didn't happen just because pulling off trades are tough. It takes a lot of balls <laughs> to make a trade, right? And I, I just had a feeling that they were going to be conservative and, and make the pick. Um, why don't you start us off about the draft and kind of how you feel right now they select with the you know Tyrese Halliburton selection okay so yes we were hashtag TTP man trade the pick TTP that's yeah I like you like that huh but uh okay so you know after me and you talked I had expressed last night you know I said you know me and you were talking hey we don't think they're gonna trade the pick and I said you know I if they're not gonna trade the pick I think they should draft Cole Anthony okay that's that's who I thought they should have drafted um I put that out there on Benchmob just because I like to throw, you know, every, I want to throw stuff out in the universe, you know, just to, you know, so people can see if I'm wrong, call me out. If I'm right, I'm coming for your ass. Right. Um, I took a little bit of, a little bit of crap for it. You know, people are like a point guard, a point guard. Oh my gosh. Why would they take him when they have Bay and whatever and all these other guys. Right. Um, Obviously they drafted Tyrese Halliburton. What do you know? A point guard. Okay. Um, I think they drafted who they think was um, the safest pick. I think that's what Sacramento did was they drafted the safest pick um, at number 12 and not necessarily the best player available, which in my opinion was Cole Anthony. Um, People, you know, the arguments about Cole Anthony that I've been getting is, well, he got hurt. You know, well, he was, you know, he's inefficient. Well, yeah, you know, he was an 18-year-old playing in North Carolina who scored bunches. He was asked to score a lot. When he got hurt, they tanked. They were horrible. Um, You know, he was asked to do a lot of things, you know. And as an 18-year-old combo guard, you know, that's rough. Your percentages are going to be crappy. And, um, you know, it it is what it is. But coming out of high school, Cole Anthony was one of the most sought-after prospects last year. Like, 100%, he's been – people have been talking about Cole Anthony for a long time. And, you know, a rough freshman year, I think people kind of got turned off on him. Uh, but I really do think that he has the most potential outside of probably Weissman and Anthony Edwards. I'm, I love Anthony Edwards. I think he's really good. But out of those two, I think Cole Anthony is that next guy who has that boom potential. Um, obviously, Sacramento didn't draft him. They went safe. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, in my opinion, it's a decent pick. Uh, six foot, six foot five, 175 pound guy, um, decent shooter, uh, you know, decent rebounder, decent, you know, um, uh, passer and all that stuff. My thing for him is being six, five, 175 pounds in a team that already has a buddy healed under contract, uh, Darren Fox under contract. I don't really know where he's going to fit in there. Um, I think that Cole Anthony was just the better fit. They need that scoring off the bench. And yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not upset with the pick. 
So, you know, like Ryan said, you, you covered a lot there. I think you gave all of your thoughts about the draft yes, right there. I did. You just, I did. You, just I did. you definitely threw it all on the table. I did. Uh, okay, so, yeah, we, we, we decided, Ryan and I were talking, and we said, you know, we should, me and you both fell the same way. So, like, Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony was a, a top prospect coming out of high school, and I think that if there had been, a, you know, I, I don't know, things played out a little different. Maybe he, he could have gotten higher. I, was, I never thought that he would actually be here uh way back so like if we're talking like a year ago i didn't think that you know this that he would fall this late so kind of throughout the year i never really factored it in as the offseason happened uh, i i kind of i agree with you ryan I, I and i think that one of the things for me is that uh, i think the kings really really need a a, a backup point guard a, a really good one when you're a team like like teams where you don't have superstars you got to have you got to have guys uh in deep in your lineup who can score who can and, and they're really lacking that from the from the guard position last year it was like a big problem for me I know everyone wanted the wing players but personally I think Corey Joseph's inability to score and just just kind of that whole production from the guards out, outside of um you know Buddy and Darren Fox I felt like he'd be he'd be huge um Chris so you and I talk a lot in like who was your top three? So Ryan and I, that was our consensus. We put it out there. Kings cast consensus pick. You know, our preferred pick was Cole Anthony. Personally, for me, my top three, I know we were talking about realistic top three, uh, was Killian Hayes, which I, th- I, th- I didn't think Killian Hayes would go that high. A lot of mocks had him later. So I thought it was going to be like Killian Hayes, Cole Anthony, and I did we did talk about Tyrese Halliburton, but I just wasn't really sure if these guys would be there. Who was your top three, Chris, and then what do you kind of think about the pick? Uh, I would say my top three was Killian Hayes would be one. Um, I did like Tyrese Halliburton. I heard a lot about that uh, Kira Lewis Jr. I don't know if that's exactly how you say his name. Um, But I didn't know that, you know, I didn't think Tyrese Halliburton was going to fall. Everything I saw leading up to it, he was going to probably go top 10. Um, And, and, you know, I, from, from reading some stuff, Cole Anthony would have been, would have been a great fit kind of that guy comes off the bench can just drop a bunch of points and uh but I did look up some stuff on on Tyrese Halliburton he averaged 15 points I want to say about six uh six to seven assists five to six rebounds I think so you know he he could be really productive for the Kings off the bench uh which which they need especially with Corey Joseph lacking in the offensive area for sure so and he has really good vision, uh, can pass the ball. So he may be able to really lead that second unit um, when Fox comes out and they don't, they don't miss a beat. They don't have that, that playmaker that can, can set guys up. So, you know, maybe he can do that and, and help out that second unit. So Chris, we're, I'll, I'll ask you this, like uh, for the record, were you with us? Were you hashtag trade the pick TTP? Were you hashtag TTP with us? Or did you want them to move forward with the pick? Um, I was all for trading the pick. If there was a move out there that they could get better for, absolutely. Um, okay. I, I, you know, I don't know that there was, so maybe that's why they kept the pick and just, just went with Halliburton. That's um, true. And that's one of the things I said, like, it's hard, it's hard to get trades off. Right. So like, we're realistic. Like, you know, I think one of the things you see in the, in the takes, Ryan, you know, you, we've been interacting a lot this week is a lot of people. It's like, what you, what do you call it? wishful thinking right oh i want this to happen therefore well you know it's good it's got to be realistic too like you're saying chris like there had to have been a trade there i don't know if they didn't try we don't know and that's why it's like it's such a crapshoot the whole thing it's just if you were asking my opinion 
That's why, in Ryan's opinion, that's why you've been pounding the table for TTP. Ryan, let's kind of make our point now. So now that we're here, the Kings made their pick. And Chris, you can, since you kind of fall in line, if you can chime in as we go into this, right? Uh, why, why are we so for trading the pick? Because the Kings just drafted a guy, and I'm going to guess he's probably like, what, 19 guys, maybe 19, 20? Yeah, he, was born in two, he was born in like 2000, dude. Like 2000, 2000 yeah. February 29th, 2000 is when this dude was born. Bro, yeah, you know what I mean? These guys are, he's so young. And here's the thing he's 175 pounds. 6'5, 175. He's scrawny. <laughs> you know, um, he, if you look at the guy's shot, it's kind of funky. You know, it, it's, so what I, I guess for me, what I'm saying is, and this is my thing against the NBA draft now, is that guys are so young and, and they're so much development to be had there that i just feel a lot of guys are being drafted on if they can dev- i heard bruce pearl talk about the guy from auburn in his interview tonight if he can develop a jump shot he can be an nba all-star well that's a pretty big uh factor to playing basketball right and that's kind of the thing is it's all if you hear uh, the narrative around all these picks he can develop he should he needs to work on this if he can just correct this then he could and i just don't really like those takes when you're sacramento and you need to try to really try to solidify things right now and in every spot in your rotation is valuable to winning right and so a guy that's 175 pounds, although he may be very versatile, although he may be very talented, and although he may end up being a very good player in time for the Kings, you know, you're not. Gonna, I don't think you're going to see that return on your investment for 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 a while. I don't. I still think they're going to go need. Bogey's going to end up being gone, which we'll talk about later on. But they're still going to need to go find somebody to fill that rotational two spot because this guy's not going to be able to play more than like. 13 minutes a game or something, I think, right? What do you guys yeah, think? Well, well, at least starting off, he's not going to play a lot of minutes. Um, you know, it, like you said, Bogey's probably going to be gone. So now what Sacramento's going to have to do is Sacramento's going to have to go get somebody to score off the bench still. You know, you're still going to have to go get a guy. If you want to be competitive, you're going to have to go get a guy like Jordan Clarkson. All right, I know I've been saying I'm using that as an example. I'm not saying they should go get him, whatever. But they're going to have to go get a guy like that who can come off the bench and score. You could have solved that by go, you know, by drafting Cole Anthony. That's all I'm saying is, you know, Halliburton could be a he could end up being a good basketball player. I, you know, I hope he is. Um, I think he's a solid player, but he doesn't fill the needs, man. Sacramento didn't need, uh, you know, Halliburton. What do you think, Chris? Um, I mean, you know, what do you think? I mean, you're building a you're building a team right now, like. I don't know what do you what do you think about him and his impact? I you know I think I think you guys are right. I don't know that he he's going to come in this year and 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 be a needle mover, right? Like he's probably a, a couple years out. Um, just reading some stuff, he did he did win win a gold medal on the 2019 FIBA U19 uh, championship team. So, <laughs> so hey, he's he's uh, you know he's playing winner. some big game. He's a winner. So. <laughs> Um, but he, you know, he's, he was a sophomore at Iowa and, um, Iowa state and he doubled pretty much his points, almost doubled his points, rebounds and assists in his second year after his freshman year. So if, if he can continue to elevate his game like that, maybe, you know, maybe by his second year with the Kings, you know, he could, he could play some meaningful minutes. 
Um, you know, maybe one, that's... Of, one of the player, so one of the player comps, two of the player comps, I guess, from him that I saw were Dante Exum, which you know, I don't know. Dante Exum's kind of been a kind of a bust, huh? Since he's, bust. Oh, bad, yeah, bad, dude. Yeah, bad. which he was. Dante Exum was like the fifth pick in the draft. He was hyped, you know. And yeah, then he's like his, six five. Yeah, and his other comp is um, is Lonzo Ball, and it's like I know Tim Maxwell. Uh, who has been posting a lot on Twitter about the Kings trading the 12th pick. They should have traded it for Alonzo Ball. And I was like, hell yeah, man. Because it just, it just kind of speeds up that process two to three years, right? Like, and that was kind of my thing is it kind of, kind of fast forward that waiting period. Um, you know, guys like this, you never know. And I think to close it off for me, I would say that uh, I'm not sour on the move at all. I'm not mad at the move at all. I just, it is what it is, you know. I don't. And, and and I guess this probably leads us into our next discussion, Ryan, is, is like, you know, you saw these initial tweets and posts from people who are, bye-bye, buddy. And it's like, dude, come on. So this guy's not going to displace anybody right now. You know, can we can we make that clear? Yeah. No, he's – yeah, he's – yeah, 100%. He's not. He's going to get in where he can fit in. And, and I, I, I just want to throw this out. You guys said uh, scrawny and, and kind of a funky shot. That reminds me a lot of uh, one other former Kings player, Kevin Martin. He, he turned out to be pretty good for the Kings. So, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that's what we need, scrawny and funky shots. I don't know. It, it's funny you say that. I, I, I thought about that, too. When I saw him put a shot up, it was kind of like that weird, that weird tucked sideways elbow kind of release thing. Yeah, no, I, that's a funny uh, comparison. I wonder if we'll see it out there on the side-by-sides. Um, let's, uh, well, you know, I, I got a couple more things on the draft guys, actually. So, um, a lot of people, Ryan, in our post that we put, they were talking, we said, who do you want? And everybody kind of, it seemed like, you know, everyone repeats themselves on there and, and, and just kind of uh, posting what they're hearing. Uh, a lot of people said Nesmith, Nesmith. I don't know how you how you say his name, you know, who cares? But yeah. uh, a, a lot of people were saying that and, and it's like everybody, Every you guys notice this, everybody wanted a wing player, right? Everybody wanted a wing player. Um, everybody in, in, on the whole bench mob everywhere, you know, and everybody wants a wing player. But you can see, like, anybody worth anything that was a wing player went really early in the draft. And um, I think some teams just reached for him potentially. I mean, you got what's his name? Uh, was it for the Caval- Cavaliers, Ryan? Is that who it was? Or the, the guy, the guy yeah, from Florida, the guy from Florida State? Yeah, no, it was the kid Isaac. from. Isaac Okoro from Auburn was the guy that the Cavaliers well, drafted. Well, there was that, and then and then uh, what's his name? Patrick uh, Patrick Williams went to the Bulls Patrick, yeah. from Florida Patrick State. Williams, yeah. yeah, Patrick Williams went to the Bulls from Florida State. The guy was a bench player. He was a bench player. He went up. He went number four overall. The guy. The guy was literally a bench player for Florida State. You know, a lot of people. Can I go in on this? this is my turn? I don't want to jump uh, on this toes. You know, but, I would say yeah. You can't go in the before I before the my point over this was was that. Clearly, you know, teams value that and teams reach for that. And, you know, it showed in the draft. And that's why when we were going into the draft, I kind of, you can kind of see that. You knew that because there was a limited amount of players. And that's why if I agreed with you, Ryan, and the Cole Anthony thing, is that when other teams are zigging, you got a zag kind of deal where you can get that value in Cole Anthony where really that guy really is a top five to seven talent. But because he's not, he's a point guard. He's not a wing player. He's not a combo guard. He's not a combo forward or whatever. Um, he fell because of that. But at, if you just purely look at his talent, 
you know, it was worth it there. And that's why I was so about that, you know, and, and I guess the Halliburton thing is probably why Halliburton fell because a lot of people had him in the top 10 as well. Um, I was just sent you guys, RJ Hampton fell in the draft. He's another one. Um, the one that was weird though, was Devin Vassell and who knows? I mean, there, there must've been something out on him because a lot of people had him going and I wonder if he had fell one pick behind if the Kings would have picked him. Cause I, I know a lot of people on there in Kings line had him, but Go ahead and go in, Ryan, on whatever you were going to go in on. Well, just uh, you said you said most of it. A lot of people just love the three and D. Like that is a people just well, oh, he's a three and D. When in reality, none of these guys are really three and D guys. None of them. None of them shoot high clips from the three point line. None of them are going to step in day one and play defense. Okay, you've said it before. It takes time. Guys, you know, these young players come out when they're 19, 20, bodies aren't ready. The three-point line's a little farther back. The game is sped up. You know, team, guys are longer. There's hands in their face when they're shooting. You're not shooting wide open. Uh, you know, and you said it perfect. When other teams are zigging, you got to zag. You got to take the best player available. They, they one, took the safest to get. You know, that's that's, that was things, a good point, man. That, Chris, that's one of the things, Ryan, I, I don't know if I've talked about this. Ryan's been pretty consistent about this and that, if you, if you watch, you know, I know you watch a, a lot of college basketball and, and you know, um, you, you know that in college basketball because of the extended shot clock um, and because the coaches are like so involved, the pace of, of college basketball, this is Ryan, I'm going to give you credit on this, Ryan, and it's totally true. And it's why I don't necessarily like college basketball as much is because the pace is so slow. They, they intentionally try to slow it down. It's a shorter three-point line. Everybody's playing zone defenses and it's just a different type of game. And, like, coaches control – what is it, 30 seconds they get, Ryan, Chris, one of you guys? They get 30 uh, it's seconds? Like th- it's 30, like 30, 30 or 35. 35? It's like yeah, 30 it's or the, 35. It's a long fucking It's time, a lot. And if you watch college basketball, these coaches are like – they're like, they wait for everybody to get set. And then they literally like orchestrate a play. And then, and so that's where you get these weird guys who are forwards or even, even centers that are, they're shooting three point percentage in the thirties. But really that's like against a two, three zone defense from an NBA mid range with a calculated setup play, <laughs> right. From their coach where when you get to the NBA, that doesn't exist, and now those those stats don't translate, and that's where you end up with forwards who who are, have broke ass shots. Like I'll throw a random name out. Remember Stanley Johnson? You guys remember Stanley Johnson? Stanley that was Johnson, another that's a good one. Drafted really high, um, and never could get the shot. I mean, there's, I, we could go for days on that. What what do you think, Chris? I mean, is that a good take on Ryan? Yeah, I think so, because when you really watch college, it's a lot of half-court offense, and it's almost like – you remember back in the day when your, your basketball coach told you you had to make, like, five to seven passes before you could shoot a shot, <laughs> right? Like, a lot, of the, a lot of the teams are just moving the ball around the wing back and forth, back and forth. They throw it in, throw it out, and, and then it's like they're just passing around, just waiting for somebody to make a bad – like, go the wrong way, and then, oh, here you go, and then – you know, unless you just have that physically dominant player that you could just give the ball to every every possession, he can make something happen. Then that's pretty much kind of what it is. It's a lot like you guys are saying, coach driven and and just very slow moving. It's it's not very indicative of what the NBA is. Well, and and talent level. So you know, I'm yeah. sitting I'm sitting here watching these highlights. Okay, they show James Weissman. Right, beginning of the draft, they showed James Weissman blocks block a shot. And then they, the other team gets the ball back and he blocks another shot. And I'm looking at the other center and I swear the other center was probably six foot seven overweight belly, dude, like belly, 
Like he wasn't in shape. And it's like, dude, you're playing against freaking, you know, a borderline D1 basketball player and you're this elite athlete. Like, you know, you're not getting a true testament to what these guys are playing against. It's that I, 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 it just college basketball frustrates me. Let's just, let's just put it that way. It really frustrates me because it's totally different. And a lot of people's games, you know, don't transition to the NBA at all. And that's why, that's why we're, we're just like trade the pick guys. And it's not a trade the pick every yeah. And this year. We really felt that way. And if, and if they weren't going to trade the pick, Ryan and I were like, get, get the, get the scoring aggressive guard who, you know, can create his own shot, who has the quickness, and has the physicality to play his position, right? Yeah, and people talk about, too, you know, well, Sacramento, nobody plays defense. Yeah, hey, Cole Anthony plays defense. That's in his scouting report. You can go look at it. He's six foot three, 190 pounds with a six foot four and a half wingspan, and he's a competent defender. So, you know, that, that says a lot. That's where the, you know, what do you guys think? Like the, I think the three and D thing is a term that's hyped and overused. And when you say three and D people like to say, Oh, he's six, seven, six, eight. He can, he can play the wing. He can shoot the three. And it's like, you know what? If you look at a lot of really good teams that you, you know, it's, it's, they don't need to be three and D sometimes they could just be D. And as you get better as an NBA player, you develop a shot. Like there's guys throughout NBA history who have done that. Right. If you look at the OKC thunder Years ago, they had multiple guys. Thabo Cephalosha, def- you, you, people would call him three and D, but not really. He was a defensive guy. They had Andre Roberson, defensive guy. Um, if you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, the Randolph Grizzlies, Tony Allen wasn't really a three and D guy. He was a defensive guy who was in the NBA and could hit a corner three. The ultimate guy, glue guy, I think that we look back up for the young cats is Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen, elite defender. What what was Bruce Bowen's shot, Chris? You remember Bruce that, Bowen's shot? That corner three. The baseline corner three. <laughs> baseline which is at, corner three. Which when you're an NBA player, that's you can hit that. And that's what I think is the misconception is that Ryan and I have said you look for all-around athletic defensive players or not – I'm sorry, overall athletic players that physically can run, that can physically bang and play and have uh, coordination. You know, I I mean, I I don't mean that jokingly. I mean, like, they can catch the ball, pass the ball, move easily. It's not, like, rough, right? And then – they develop those specialist shots within the offense. And that's what I think that is a big misconception that you don't need this dominant wing player. So, um, yeah, you know, let that, me, that's, me, I guess me, that's let my me thing. Chime, yeah. Let, let me, let me chime in while you're talking about that. Cause I'm going to give a real hot take right now. And people, people are going to think, uh, I bet you people let, think, let them know if it's hot. The Knicks, Chris. Okay. But the Knicks drafted, what's his name? Obi Topin from Dayton. They drafted him. Okay, that guy went number eight, all right? That guy couldn't dunk until he was like 17, dude. And people are like, well, he's, he's all this. That guy can't move laterally. You know, that guy's not going to be able to shoot threes. Okay, he doesn't handle the ball. He's not an elite defender like that. So I'm telling you right now, it's guys like that that they go play at Dayton. They tear it up in the college ranks, and their game doesn't transition. And you were talking about this. The reason that it made me think of that is because you're talking about coordination, guys who can move and pass with fluidity. They, that's an example right there, and I'm calling it right now. It'll be Topin, dude. He's not going to work out, especially in well, New York. Not going to happen, dude. Well, you remember, like, was it Derek Williams? I mean, he played for the Kings, right? The Arizona. Derek Williams, There's, yeah. Arizona. Okay, Derek, yeah. William, Derek Williams was a legit player in college, and he, and people would say Derek Williams was athletic, and he was, he was a bigger guy and had 
bounce, but just because you can get up and dunk and you can jump high, that doesn't necessarily translate in NBA because you have to have like you're saying that lateral quickness, the speed off of the off of the step, right, to even get the shots off. You know, and that's where some of these uh, these guys like this kind of. I, I, that's why I wonder. And, and, and when you get guards that can't do that, that are supposed to be score, that's where it, you, you get real trouble. If if like if if Halliburton if he doesn't get his weight up to like two hundred pounds within like two to three years, you know, I mean, look at Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram early in his career, everyone said he could be. I mean, he eventually did. But that guy was rail thin and had a really difficult time for a really yeah, long time. You, you know, you know, you know what Brandon Ingram's thing coming in though. Brandon Ingram was an elite scorer, and Brandon Ingram's seven foot tall. He was, you know, Brandon Ingram's six foot ten, dude. He really is. You know, so that's the difference. And Brandon Ingram was already knocking down threes when he came in. That guy was a legit scorer coming into the league. That's the difference right there. But you brought up Derek Williams, dude. I can name off a bunch of guys, dude. Michael Beasley. There's another one. There's another one. That, another guy that got overpaid, Otto Porter Jr., who they swore was a 3 and D guy, a young 22-year-old. Oh, he's a 3 and D. Michael Porter got that shit contract from Chicago, and they're regretting it ever since. You know Otto what I mean? Porter, like, not Michael Porter. Yeah, you said Michael Porter. Oh, sorry. Otto Porter Jr. Sorry. Sorry. I take the MPJ is the man, dude. I really like We, him. we knew what you wanted, though. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Sorry. Whoa, whoa. My bad, guys. I, I, I really like Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> that was there to uh, protect you. Yeah, Otto. Yeah, Otto, Otto Porter Jr., dude, there's another guy who people, oh, he's 3-and-D, three, 3-and-D. Three three nah, not really. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the 3-and-D thing, dude, there's not, a lot of the, there's not a lot of guys out there that are 3-and-Ds. Truly, truly, truly 3-and-Ds, not a lot, dude. It's an overused term that gets thrown around too much. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think, I think the Knicks are probably going to mess up their draft pick again. Like, they did, you know, every year it's kind of the same old thing, right? <laughs> They just are out there and, and uh, go out and just pick somebody that they shouldn't. Yeah. And, and they yeah, just piss Stephen A. Smith off every year. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, had, we had a buddy. We have a buddy in our group chat that, you know, me and I were talking to. And he was like, is it possible that OB drops to the 12th pick? And I just thumbed down him, dude. And he's like, what, you don't like him? I'm like, nah, dude. Guy, I can't move laterally. Don't buy into the, you know, oh, look at the numbers. Look what he – I don't buy into that, dude. You know, dunking, I, I dunking wide open dunk, in the fast break in Dayton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he put it. He put it between his legs on a fast break. Who cares, dude? I know some dudes down at the freaking Parks and Rec where you guys are at, dude, who can do that shit. You know what I mean? Like, you need guys who can move laterally, guard multiple positions, and and their games. You know, they have chances to flourish, dude. They're athletic. That's just one. I just want to throw that out there for everybody who loves him. I just want to throw. That's my bust of the draft, dude. Damn. Okay. Well, there we go. So, uh, moving off the draft, um, the big thing the last couple of days, and this is this was supposed to be. You know what sucks, man? Is this was supposed to be Kings Cast's like, fuck you guys, like finally moment. And I still think it's going to be, but it's like it's the postponed. it's the bogey, it's the postponed, and we'll we'll catch you guys this weekend, and we'll come back at you this weekend. But it's the bogey situation, and, and Chris, I know you're going to have a lot to be able to help us out on on this one. Uh, so. Uh, over a year ago, I have the receipts. Okay, I got the receipts. I posted the receipts, guys. <laughs> so over a year ago, when when Bogey initially turned down the extension, your boy, me at Kingscast, Eric went on, and I I I said, right now, let's trade him, trade him. Like that was the first thing, and this is like in October, okay. And then, uh, you know, I, like me and Ryan, you know, we disagree on a lot of things, but it's we do seem to kind of always fall in line with a lot of stuff. And Ryan uh, was always there with me 
um, as far as supporting that. And so I would say for like the last year we have come on. And if you look at, if you are a Kings cast listener right now, you fucking know <laughs> how many times have we talked about this? We've done it. We did it every episode, trade bogey, trade bogey. They need to trade bogey all a thousand reasons why they need to trade bogey. All right. And, uh, they finally traded bogey kind of. All right. So they did for a couple days and that was that, um, <laughs> then some weird shit comes out about him now and, and we'll talk a little bit about that but um i want to say i will say this ryan because and chris we can talk about this once the news about him getting traded a bunch of different takes were coming out of kingsland right and a lot a couple of different ones was um you know uh, oh the kings are rebuilding that was a dumb take we can address that <laughs> all of a sudden they're gonna blow it up now right um does it does this mean that buddy's gonna do this and that and is, does this signify this and is and it's like, no, you know, and I think you guys tell me, I think one of the big things about that surrounds the bogey situation that's so weird is that it's, um, it never, it wasn't really always about the talent. It was about his money. That's mostly what it was about. And it was, it was really about his money because we have always said that if he would accept 14 million, <laughs> whatever, it's a, it's a dead issue. Let's move forward. Right. Like we're cool with him on the team. But the fact is, like, he, he wanted money. He wanted to get paid. And we knew that. And we weren't fans of paying him. And so that's, you know, I would like to say this, that the Kingsland conspiracy in the defense of Buddy Hill episode is looking, it's still looking good, guys. My conspiracy theory is still falling in line. Because um, I really do think if Vladi was here, they would have fucking signed his ass. And he'd be here. And it would be a much different looking draft and a much different looking offseason. And everybody knows that now. So... I guess the the point is 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 without moving forward because the, the basically what's happened now is he is not going to agree to sign with the Bucks, so he's going to enter that restricted free agency, which probably means that he's expecting to hit an open market, semi open market, and receive a high offer. Now I think at this point the Kings are not going to match the high offer. I heard on KHDK today that their James Ham saying that they could expect in the eighteen to twenty two million range, which <laughs> You fucking know how we feel about that, guys. So we don't support that. So at this point, if he does get that and the Kings make – if someone makes that offer to him, the Kings are probably better off just – he might end up walking. And people need to kind of look at that because there's going to be a whole freak out when the guy walks. There is going to be a freak out when he does walk. There is still a chance of a sign and trade potentially. Um, but I, and, and we will kind of refrain from going into the whole – how the restricted status plays out because we're not CBA experts and we don't want to mislead or sound like fucking idiots, but we will talk, talk about you. You guys talk about bogey, the impact him being gone and, and just kind of address all the weird stuff that's been in the chats lately about that. Here, I'll go, I'll start us off real quick. The reason why they drafted a, a guard, you know, the reason why they went and got Halliburton was because they're expecting, Hey, we're not paying bogey. They knew before the draft that that deal wasn't going to go through. So what they what did the what did McNair do? He came and covered his ass, and he's got Bogey's replacement. That's a, that's what this that's what this was. And it just so happened that you know he, he was one of the two better players that were still left on the board. So that's that's where this is all coming from. You know, Bogey is not going to be on this team. There is no way if he is on this team, I will come back on here and I will apologize to everybody that I've been talking shit to for the last year about you know Bogdanovich all that crap. Okay. I will apologize. And I will say I was wrong, but he's not going to be on the team unless he come, unless he signs for, you know, 13 million or whatever, but they were, they, they already drafted his replacement, dude. He's gone. It's just a matter of time. And honestly, I think if 
Bogey's market was in the 18 million range, I think they would have got more than Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ursini Lasova. They would have. I, I think I don't think I don't think Bogey's market is as big as he thinks it is. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I would agree with uh, Ryan on that. However, I just I don't know. Maybe maybe the Hawks or the Hornets can throw some money at him, and and he just wants to go. He thinks he can be the guy over there and 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 run stuff. I, I don't know. I, I think the better deal for him would have been to take whatever Milwaukee was going to give him and and go play next to Giannis and try to win a championship. You know. I mean, realistically, that's probably a great move for him. Um, I think he would have done well there. Um, but, hey, I, yeah, I hope the Kings don't pay whatever it is he's going to get and let him, let him walk. Unfortunately, you guys will have to – your receipts on the trade bogey are expired now, but at least you can save the ones and hopefully the ones for uh, uh, let him walk are, are going to be the ones that you can play next. You know, so so you said Atlanta. Who did Atlanta draft? Can can we get that up? The the, the Hornets aren't going to take him. The Hornets got Lamelo Ball. They have Terry Rozier and they have Devontae Graham, dude. They're not going to come and sign twenty million to Bogdan Bogdanovich, dude. That ain't happening. The Hawks drafted yeah, a I center. Was, I was thinking, yeah, that's right. The Hawks drafted a center. I was thinking about oh, the Hornets before the draft. Yeah, the the, the, the Hornets. The Hornets just played their way out of that. Yeah. Um, the one situation I, I think I think guys is I think that uh, and I said this last year when I was on the trade bogey thing is I think that the uh, Mavericks are kind of a sleeper team. Um, and I wonder if the Kings could pull off a sign and trade for Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway only has like a year left on that contract that could match the salary. And I wonder if that could be a sign and trade. I'd support that. Do, do you think, do you think the Mavs they're in this, they're in these rumors right now to go get Gallo? I, I don't, I, if they land Gallo, Bogdan's not going there. I don't, I don't think it happens, but my sign and trade deal is you had DeMar DeRozan just opt in for 28 million for the year. Instead of letting him walk, why not just give Bo, why not just send Bogey to San Antonio? That's I've said that months ago. I said that months ago. You did say that the weird thing. And like I said, I don't want to get off too much in the weeds and the, because the restricted uh, status is kind of weird. And it's one of those things that like, the reason it's so weird and, and, and it's tough because I, I understand it to a point, right? There's a lot of weird rules within the CBA, and so it's tough. I don't want to be the guy sitting here pounding like I know it all, and I'll admit I don't. Um, but the thing about a restricted free agent is, like, they don't – it's one of those, like, it's, it's going to take the other team to want him and then to, for them – for the player to want to sign the contract that the other team wants, which is was the case here. The problem is, like, in the, in this case a lot, it is a really good player who it's – that's why, like uh, – when the, the Brooklyn Nets traded D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors with uh, Kevin Durant, that was on a sign-in trade because they knew that the they knew that the Warriors were gonna put the money, you know, put the money on him or whatever. He, I mean, he might even been restricted. That's unrestricted. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of weird shit that happens with this stuff, and it it's not just a clean thing. And that's why the people were. Uh, people were saying, well, they didn't get enough from Milwaukee. And all of his, like, the Kings didn't have a lot of leverage. You know, they, their leverage was the threat to sign him. And if they know that there's no threat to sign him, then you kind of lose that leverage. And that's what kind of makes it all weird. So it kind of takes – it's not – it takes the other team to want to play ball, and, it, and there has to be a threat to sign that can force a sign-and-trade. And that's kind of my layman's term for, for, for my layman's explanation, I guess, for this restricted situation. And that's why we say he may go for nothing because um, 
it is entirely possible that a team comes in and offers him way above uh, what we consider value for him, right? And per Tim Maxwell, who's a guy I like to look at on Twitter, who's for the Kings Herald, who is really knowledgeable about this stuff, he has said that if that's the case, that assign it's it's either you match it or he goes. And that's where I've said I ha- I'm not going to apologize if he does end up leaving because. Uh, the receipts still stand for me because it's about him not getting paid. That's my point. How he goes is whatever I've said. They should have traded him at the deadline because then they would have gotten value. Right. But now they may not get that value. And I'm still, now he can just walk. I'm okay with him walking. You know, can you remember, remember you guys remember Chris, uh, the, during, during the trade deadline when we were all pushing for him to get traded, like, how people, there was some rumors about the Lakers wanting him for Kyle Kuzma and everyone just lost their shit. Yeah. 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 I would have taken Kyle Kuzma for oh, him. We, we all said that. We all came on here like, yes, you take Kyle Kuzma right now. You, you take and, him right now. And, um, you know, I wonder how people, if you're in Kingsland, listen to us, hit us up. I wonder how people feel about that now. Like, if you can go back to last uh, January, would you, would you feel differently about that? You know, and, and um, that's the thing is, is it's, and that's even more of a sign. That's why Vladi, peace out, dude. You, you just weren't a good GM because you screwed this up and that's ultimately where they're at. So I think what's going to happen, I, my prediction, you guys tell me what your if you disagree, let me know. My prediction is buddies or bogey's going to get some type of money on, on the, on the, on the market. And he's he is gonna be gone. I'm with you guys. I don't I don't see a way that he he uh he sticks around here. Um do you, Chris, do you feel like there's a chance or what? Uh the only way I think he does is if he goes out on the open market and there is nothing out there for him, and then the Kings then can say, Here's twelve million or thirteen million and take it or leave it, you know? That's the only way I see him coming back. I, I but I think just from hearing some stuff, I think he's probably gone and, and it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, real quick. So I have another option. I think a team like the New York Knicks, how you're saying a team that would pay him, they just drafted another big man. I think a, a team like the Knicks is somebody that um, Sacramento should explore a sign and trade with is, you know, a team that's looking to rebuild that has some pieces that they need to get rid of. You know, they got guys like Julius Randall, uh, Bobby Portis is on there. Big men um, that are athletic and can do multiple things to help Sacramento. Um, so that's a team that I'd keep my eye on with the sign and trade moving forward. That's what, and that's, that's, that's what I guess you kind of played out the situation in, in the past. That's what I've seen is where a sign and trade will get done in this situation where the team that's signing him wants to release some cap. And they said, they call Sacramento and says, Hey, we we're going to sign it. We're going to make this offer. Uh, you know, are you going to match? You're not going to match. Okay. But like, we do have a piece here that we would be willing to just get off our books. Would you want to take them? And, and that's how you get teams that'll say, uh, sure, we'll, we'll take player player X over here in return so we're not losing uh, the player to, to you to walk for nothing, and it gives you cap relief. Like I've always said, one of the biggest assets in, in the NBA, which is a salary cap league, is salary cap of, uh, flexibility. And, and so uh, that is possibly, like you said, a, a team out there that could just say – and that's what happened with D, Dante DiVincenzo and Ursan Ilosova. That's what that was, was we want this guy. We'd like to get some of these money off our books – 
I mean, it helps you, helps us. Do you want to make it happen? That's really what it was. It wasn't the Kings wheeling and dealing and, and negotiating um, a trade. That's not what happened. It was, we're willing to take these guys. We're willing to do it for you. It helps us, helps you. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's the partnership, right? Well, and that's, that's why I've always said DeMar DeRozan, because I guarantee you San Antonio doesn't want him opting in for $28 million. They don't. That team's, you know, that team's not going to make the playoffs again. You know, so that's why I've said, you know, why not go take a shot for one year with DeMar DeRozan and try to stay relevant and try to get in the playoffs. But we've had podcasts about that, but that I've been consistent on DeMar DeRozan for the sign and trade for bogey this whole time. Let's talk about the NBA landscape right now. I got a couple different things I'm going to hit you guys with right now came through the Bleacher Report text line per sources, guys, per sources. Hey, uh, the Sixers, the Sixers are making moves. They're trying to, they're trying to reshape their team. They trade for Seth Curry because they need three point shooters all of a sudden. And dude, yep. they got, they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. You know how much I love? I love Josh Richardson. I know, Chris, you've talked about it. Me and we've all talked about it. I love Josh Richardson. And it, it took Seth Curry and the 36th overall pick to get him. How about well, that? Well, that's well, that's because first off, find out what Josh Richardson's contract was like. Okay. Second, they just acquired Danny Green to play to be a wing defender to take Josh Richardson's position. So I'm not mad at that, dude. And I and I want to say that Josh Richardson was getting paid a little bit amount of money. I, it's not like he was making nothing. So well, that's uh, like Philadelphia. Philadelphia is making moves, dude. And it's, it's, it goes back to what we said too, is look at what, you know, people are saying that OKC robbed Philadelphia. You know, I don't see it that way. This is, this is exactly why I didn't want to take on, um, you know, like a Horford contract and shit like that, dude. Cause that, you know, that's just, just, it's bad news. When you, when you have a bad contract, you have to pay somebody to take on contracts and shit. So I just want to stay away from that. You just said the cap flexibility, but yeah, the, the final Josh Richardson's contract real quick. I kind of got off, off topic right there. Yeah. I was actually going to pose uh, that, that, you know, with uh, Philadelphia clearing all that cap space earlier trading, um, trading Al Horford, maybe that's a destination for bogey. And then I looked down and saw the Seth Curry, for uh, Josh Richardson, I'm like, oh, well, there goes that. <laughs> so, well, you here, I'll get, the... I'll get, I'll get Josh Richardson's contract for you guys. Hold on. Okay. And then so... the Kings just drafted with their first pick of the second round, Xavier Tillman from Michigan State, six eight forward. Oh, there you are. There you guys go, guys. You guys all got your forward. There you go. Your three and D solid player. three and D guy. Probably. Did they say? Did they say three and D on their broadcast, yeah. Chris? Did... Let me. Let me. Yeah. Look so, really quick. real quick, real quick. Josh Richardson signed a four-year, forty-two million dollar contract extension in um, uh, in two thousand seventeen, and so it's he, he makes ten million this year and eleven point six the year after. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's what Danny Green makes, and then Seth Curry. You are mistaken. You know, Danny Green actually makes a lot more. Danny Green is like in the fifteen I, I thought, to eighteen million. I looked it up. Uh, I didn't did, look it does up. He? Look it up. Yeah, he's in like the fifteen, eighteen million. He's really high, highly paid. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things like with these trades, people see these trades, they're good examples to, to reference. So when we're all chatting on the comments, guys, you can kind of see um, everyone. Al Horford is an interesting one because Al Horford was, uh, he, he was, you're shaking your head. No, him. was I, was I wrong? He, he, he's in the middle of what we said. He doesn't get 18 million. He makes, he made 14.6 this year and he's making. Yeah, that's what I said. I said he's like 15 to 18 million. I literally just said, you could run it back. People listen and know. Okay. So 18, eight, if 15 to 18 is a big difference. Eric. Well, you know what? I was right though. <laughs> I was right. That's a so, big, that's a, that's a wide gap, dude. Come on. Okay. So you interrupted me, but I was saying is Al Horford was a name that people were talking about the Sacramento, which everyone that knew anything about the cap and anything was like, fuck no like we don't want any part of that and you can see right there that 
um, they paid a, a late first round pick to get them off their books, you know, and OKC, a rebuilding team. That's what you do. Let's take on the shit contract, take on the asset and free up your cap flexibility. And in return, you get, you know, you got to give us a little first round pick. So that's, that's really what's going to happen. If when you start overpaying people on your roster, you got to pay to get them out. I've told this before and I say it again and I'll say it again and again. The greatest example of this I've ever seen in my fan career was when Baron Davis got traded to the Cavaliers for a first round pick. And then the Clippers ended up moving that first round pick. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Cavaliers ended up getting that pick from the Clippers and it turned into Kyrie Irving, which is like crazy. So that's like, that's what happens when you trade picks. And, and everyone hates on that. The years ago, the pick swap with the Sixers between Vaughty. That's what happened. They were trying to clear cap space because they had a bunch of fucking losers getting overpaid. And they were trying to build a team around Boogie. And they, when you want, want to rebuild your cap space quick, you got to pay to get out of it. So that's, everyone hates on that. That's really whoa, what happened. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, how dare you? Wasn't Jason Thompson, the great Sacramento King, Jason Thompson, a part of that? Sixers move, Eric. How dare you? And, and Sauce Castillo. Yeah. Oh my how, God. How, hey, how dare you, Eric? That is, he he is a franchise leader in, I believe, games played. Eric, that is the disrespect. <laughs> hey, you know yeah. what's crazy? You say Sauce Castillo, Chris is is Nick Sauce never played in the NBA after they traded his ass, and that just goes to show how terrible that of a draft pick that was. And that's maybe why I we're mean, so he, skittish he, about he the played, draft. He played for a minute. Like, didn't he end up in Brooklyn? Who knows, man? Like he I mean, played. Uh, he ended not up in very like he long. Get, no, he didn't get significant minutes. Obviously, he, but yeah, he, he played for a minute. Played. But yeah, 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 yeah. He ended up like in Brooklyn or something, doing some random shit or whatever. But yes, and, I, I catch the gist. And just a quick note on uh, Xavier Tillman. Um, he, where was it? Let's see. Sorry, he uh, is not overly quick, but is a powerful athlete who plays above the rim. Wow. So he's pretty impressive with a head of steam. <laughs> so sounds, watch out in the open in the open court sounds like robert dude, tractor trailer dude no, hey, you know it. the worst you know the worst evaluation that i saw earlier is what was the shooting guard from kentucky uh tyrese maxi is that who yeah. it is yeah dude his evaluation from espn which by the way the draft coverage was horrible eric's put that in the in the group earlier uh, their evaluation of tyrese maxi was he's a shot maker that's it, dude. It literally a shot maker was his evaluation. I was like, what the kind of crap is that a shot maker, dude? It, it was just that's the type of coverage you guys are getting, dude. And that's the type of shit that's coming out of college. His only thing is he's a shot maker, guys. Well, and, and I want to say right before the Kings pick was uh, Devin Vassell was drafted the Spurs, and they I want to say it was him. They were comparing him to Anthony Davis. They were like, he's Anthony Davis, but but a different position. Like, <laughs> but but he's right. smaller. He can't shoot as well. He's not as good as a shot blocker, hey, uh, but he's hey, they're close. The, they're the same, but different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I, I'm about like 95% sure that was his comparison. Dude, that's awesome. I, that's awesome. It, it, well, that's, why, that's why I hate college basketball, dude. Right there. That's it, dude. Well, Chris, man, it's been fun to have you on. Uh, you know, it's been a minute since we have you on, but we appreciate you taking the time, dude, to come on here, especially after the draft, man. Fun? Yeah, no worries, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. So um, we'll definitely uh, have you on again in the next couple of weeks. I know I've been teasing for a while now the, the trivia episode. Are you in, Chris? Can we count you in for the trivia episode yeah. once we do have it? Yeah? Yes, so, sir. 
Yeah. Um, Ryan, do we have any shout outs this week? We've been interacting quite a bit. Do you have anybody yeah, you want to hit up? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We got you suckers this week, dude. Last week I shouted out that guy in the very beginning. I'm going to start shouting out the end. So you guys have to listen to our podcast. Dude, so you guys get trapped <laughs> to hear your name. Uh, uh, I'll no. give a, a Vince Brewer again. Vince, hey man, you, uh, you, I know you listen. I know you've been coming at us. We disagree with you pretty much all the time. And I like that, <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate you keep interacting with us and actually dropping some stuff. So Vince, we, we appreciate you listening, dude. Um, uh, yeah. Anybody I, else around? I don't, yeah, I don't agree with shit you say, Vince, bro, but it's good takes, man. You got some good content. But this week's shout-out, actually, admin for, for the bench mob is John Lurseth, I think is how you say his name. Cool dude. Um, you know, me and him gotten some, you know, like uh, little discussions this week. Um, I actually, you know, when I, when I have discussions with people, I'll hit them up in the DMs if I think that they're, like, logical and, you know, they're having good, you know, uh, rational basketball thoughts. And so I hit him up and I told him, Hey, you know, I'm going to shout you out, man. I think you're, I think you're doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. So uh, shout out to John this week, man. Uh, he's one of the admins for the bench mob. So um, if anybody else, if you guys want shout outs, man, slide in my DMS, I got you guys. Um, just, you know, I like to have discussions with people, respectful discussions. So there it is. I think, I think slide the DMS means something different, Ryan. So if <laughs> that's uh, why I said it, if you get some dick pics, dude, I don't want to hear you coming on here and, oh. and, and complain. Oh, about yeah, wasn't so. that what Lou will was trying to do or something? Yeah. Well, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. Uh, like Ryan said, if you ever want to interact with us, just, just tag us uh, on Twitter. We're, we're on there every day. You can follow me at Kingscast Eric, Ryan, Kingscast Ryan. Again, we're on a bunch of Facebook groups, uh, including the Sacramento Kings men's mob. So if you're posting good takes on there or bad takes, we're going to see it. We're going to interact. Feel free to come back at us. Um, and if you want, ever want to stay up to date with Kingscast, you can find us anywhere just at Kingscast. Uh, so with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.